Today's episode of Locked On Women's Basketball is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code Locked On, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Ogumba Wallet for the win! You are Locked On Women's Basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball. Happy Monday and welcome to Locked On Women's Basketball. I'm Gabe Ibrahim. I'm a reporter, analyst, whatever you want to call me from Her Hoop Stats and various other places on the interwebs. You can mainly find me on Twitter at Gabe underscore Ibrahim. And I am alongside our resident gym rat slash basketball commentator galore slash basketball analyst slash our expert on this show, Amy Audibert, and you can follow her on Twitter at Amy Audibert, and you can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Women's WBB. We got all that out of the way early because we got a lot to talk about in this show. Amy, how you doing? I'm good. I mean, like just digging into uh, basketball again is, is is getting me excited. Let's just say that. I mean, November 25th when NCAA can start playing again, it, it just can't come soon enough for me. <laughs> I know coaches yes. and players probably want a couple extra work or weeks, but I'm ready. Yep. And on today's show, we're talking about the ACC. We're going to try to do previews for uh, as many conferences as we can fit in between now and the start of the season, which is approaching very quickly. Um, and that's the biggest news this week. I mean, there's been no other news that's been taking up your attention over the past week other than focusing on the incoming women's basketball season. Of course, I'm, not, I'm sure you weren't paying attention to the American elections, right, Amy, up in Canada. They don't, hmm. they don't affect you. Oh, my gosh. It was like a glued like everybody else, right, where you're just like yes. you're scared to leave. Cause you know, yeah. you, you know, you can't take your phone with like every social media outlet on it. Right. Uh-huh. But you can't leave the TV. But anyways, yeah. Now that that's over, I just, I feel like we can kind of like move, move yes. on a little bit here. So thank, thank you to Steve Kornacki and John King. Uh, they were our best friends. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm sure everyone knows Mar- Maricopa County in Arizona makes up 60% of the vote in Arizona. Clark <laughs> County makes up 75% of the vote in Nevada. Do you Bucks feel like you should just visit these places now? Like I, you feel like they're like famous little cities, and we need to go. We need yeah, to go. yeah. No, I, I, I've been you know, I, I've been around Atlanta a lot um, because my my fiance went to school at Georgia Tech, an ACC school that we may talk about on this podcast later. Uh, but it's like looking at all the counties around. It's like yeah, this city makes no sense because all of this <laughs> yeah. is Atlanta. Like there's like four counties that are giant, and they're all in Atlanta. Um, but you know, it really just before we start. Thanks everyone for voting. Uh, if you're yeah. if you're an American citizen and uh, you got to vote, um, congratulations because we we really turned out. Um, and, and you know, uh, I think uh, obviously the result was something I was hoping for and Amy was hoping for. Um, but the uh, the turnout to me is also extremely important. Shows a good level of civic engagement. I hope we can uh, continue because that's going to make our country and our world better. Um, and it'll allow Amy and and myself to hang out face to face at some point. At some point in like the future. Um, regardless, let's get into the ACC because there is a ton to talk about in this conference. Um, I, I, don't, I don't really know where to start, honestly. So I think the way we should do this is kind of give a lay of the land here and, and go, you know, kind of as big bird's eye view as we can with the ACC. Because to me, it, it feels like there's Louisville and there's NC State in this conference, and then there's kind of everyone else. And everyone else is very good, but we just don't know how good 
each of those teams are going to be and where they're going to end up. Um, in the, in the uh, this is Michelle Vopel's ESPN too early top 25. Um, those two teams, Louisville and NC State, are both in the top 10. Louisville at four, NC State at six. So bird's eye view, is that kind of correct? Does it, does it feel like there's, there's some separation between Louisville and NC State and then sort of the rest of the, the pack in the ACC? Yeah, I mean, listen, I see a lot of a lot of red when we want to make these. I yeah. think preseason predictions are so crazy because, yes. as we know so many times, you know, and especially this year, yeah. uh, who knows what's going to happen. But, um, yeah, I, I think you definitely do see a lot of red. That being said, I, and I guess when you start digging into each team individually, I have a really hard time looking at teams and saying, like, oh, they potentially – they won't finish, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, when I was coaching, I once had a, an assistant coach. I once had a, another head coach who, you know, really highly esteemed, at least for her, <laughs> herself, um, you know, <laughs> preseason scrimmage came up to, to our bench and told us that we'd finish middle pack. And it just, I always thought like, it's just not something you say to anyone before the ball even goes up in the air at the beginning of the game. We ended at the beginning of the season and we ended up having a really good season. So when I dig in, to um, these types of conversations. I, it's hard. And, and when you start investing into every team, what could potentially happen? You don't see a team really that could say, yeah, they're not, they're mm-hmm. not ready or they, something crazy couldn't happen. But definitely, yes, like you look at Louisville and NC State, who they returned, their recruits coming in. I mean, this, this conference, as, as many Power Five conferences game, once you start rolling, you start turning out those top recruiting classes in the country, the expectations higher. Yep. Uh, but I mean, they're all, and I was one who doesn't want to play in the ACC. So a lot of these schools this year have some really solid recruiting classes and, and I'm really excited. Uh, I'm excited with the coaching changes we've seen, you know, like we're bringing in Carol Lawson and Neil Ivy who just Mm -hmm. spent a year in the NBA as assistant coaches. How amazing is it for our women's game, you know, Mm -hmm. to, to pull from the NBA is when we talk about basketball, I mean, and you, and I think you can attest this. It doesn't matter if you're talking about like, obviously we can't really say player, but you can say coaching, you can say broadcasting, mm. you could say market, anything like the NBA is the Emeka. It is the best basketball league in the world. And, and to be able to pull talent from those yes. benches back into our game and back into the ACC, it's absolutely fantastic. And I think that that fans of our game um, should be so excited and that's not to take away from the other fantastic coaches in this conference. Uh, I'm so excited. Now, see, I'm just rambling because I know I, I love it, the ACC. It's hard. So much. <laughs> it's hard. I mean, I'm, I'm very, very excited about Carol Lawson um, because, you know, part of me was like, I kind of want her to stay in the NBA because like she, she could be an NBA head coach. Uh, I think that was, that became, that became clear as she spent more of her time in Boston. I mean, she did spend, um, she was a year as an assistant coach, but she'd been around the NBA for a while. So it kind of felt like she was building towards that. And then she takes this Duke job. I, I can, I can see her building an extremely high level program here at Duke. Not that Duke hasn't been a high level program for a long time, but yeah. you know, she, she has um, really, at least from the marketing perspective and the, and the, I would say this is part of recruiting, which is huge. She's taken a step up already for Duke. Um, and they have a great creative team. So I think they're doing a great job on social media. I want to see if that translates onto the court um, at Duke. I mean, Florida State was in the ACC title game last year. They could totally make it. I mean, it's Florida State, I think, to me, in basketball, both men's and women's. But 
they can they can make a run any year. And, and that pains us. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, you're talking about two Miami Hurricanes hosting this podcast, and we've got to talk really positively about Florida State. We have to. because yeah, that's they're, they're really good. They're the other school in the conference. They're that third school with, if you would call it a coaching change, Brooke Wyckoff mm-hmm. stepping up for Sue Semro, who is taking a year off to help her mom. Her mm-hmm. mom's sick. So obviously best wishes um, and, and best of luck to Coach Sue. Mm-hmm. But – uh, Coach Wyckoff has been under there for 10 years, right, on her staff for 10 years, yeah. played at Florida State. And so while you call it a coaching change, I would imagine the philosophies are still very much the same. For sure, for sure. And and, I th- and it's just going to – it's going to be really – it's going to be wide open, I think. Um, mm-hmm. I do think, obviously, Louisville uh, returning uh, Dana Evans. I mean, that's that's one of the best players in the country right there. And we might be – we might be seeing her in the player of the year conversation because uh, she was ACC player of the year last year. So you have to imagine she's going to be back and stronger. Um, so I, I think Louisville is at the top. But... Yeah, and and let's, can we just talk a little bit more about them though? Because mm-hmm. I, I just like, obviously you return the conference player of the year, one of the top players right. of country. Yeah. Jeff Waltz, you're, you're excited about that, but then yeah. it's more than that. Right. I mean, they're also getting transfers. Alana Smith, who was mm-hmm. the JUCO player of the year last year. They've got Kiana Smith, a six-foot guard who who transferred from Cal, sat out last year. Again, let me say it, a six-foot guard. You know, yeah. like that's something, Love open that. arms. We, we see a lot of that in the ACC. Um, but, and, and to me, so they've got, a, they're stacked. They're, they're stacked at the guard position. And of course, freshman Haley Van Lith, right? Yeah. Because who's not excited? The way social media is trending, you've got these like, young women yes who um you know Paige Bukers like you you you, they're like household names and they haven't Mm -hmm. even put on a college jersey yet but anyways so Haley Van Lith but where I'm really kind of excited to see what happens with Louisville if you look at their roster they only have four players listed at the forward position and three of them are freshmen so while of course the way the game's going and a lot of the top programs are going they do have those six foot guards if you will right that aren't necessarily big inside presence you still want I think to to compete for those national championships you still have to have that inside presence you still got to draw draw defense in somewhere right so a lot of pressure goes on that fourth forward who's a junior Elizabeth Dixon at six right. foot five, right? She played in all 32 games last year. She only started four. She averaged right around 4.4 rebounds, shot just under 50% from the field. I think that for Louisville to be consistently chasing that title, this and always be in that conversation, they're going to have to have a bit more production from her just to mm-hmm. be that inside threat. But I mean, they have the weapons and, and I'm, I mean, if you, and, December 4th, women's basketball fans, circle that yes. one because Louisville is going up to Mohegan Sun to take on the Huskies. And we might get our we might get our um Haley Page matchup. Yeah. You never know, right? <laughs> no, yeah. I, I and we have no clue what these teams are yeah. gonna look because we don't know how much time the freshmen and the transfers have gotten to to get to know their teammates. So we we just don't know who's gonna be playing a lot. So yeah. I'm really excited for that. that. That's when we're going to know what this season's all about for both those teams. Um, we do have to take it to a quick break, but when we come back, we're going to talk about some more, some more about the key players in this conference um, and talk a little bit more about, you know, what we know because we don't have a schedule yet. <laughs> yeah. The one thing we're missing is the actual well, schedule. <laughs> little thing, little thing. So we'll be, we'll be right back here on uh, Locked on Women's Basketball. 
Welcome back on Locked On Women's Basketball. Gabe Ibrahim and Amy Audibert. We're talking about the ACC's upcoming women's basketball season. Uh, but we're not the only show on this podcast. You guys always have to make sure you subscribe to us on whatever podcast app you're using uh, to get the full array of what we got going on. We have Howard Magdell on Fridays, Eric Ayala on Tuesdays and Thursdays, all talking about women's basketball and the many aspects that we have in our, in our great sport. Um, and also I, I was saying about American citizens voting. If you're in Georgia, you still got work to do January 5th is a runoff. Um, so if you're, if you're in Georgia and you're listening, go get, uh, go get registered, go make sure you're ready to vote. And if you're not in Georgia, you can donate to those, to the campaigns uh, for the Senate race down there in Georgia. And you can even phone back. That's what I will be doing. Um, but Back to the ACC. So uh, we were just talking in the break that we kind of wish we did this either later in the week or at some point after that because the women's AC, the women's uh, preseason All ACC teams and the predicted order of finish will be announced tomorrow morning on at 9 a.m. as part of ACC Network's Packer and Durham. I'm sure I'm the only person that actually listens to Packer and Durham pretty regularly because I'm sure most of you don't actually have. Uh, ACC Network, which is a shame on the ACC Network. But uh, you can also, on the ACC Network, on Wednesday from 5 to 7 and Thursday from 5 to 7 p.m. Eastern Time, you can catch all of the ACC coaches talking for about 10 minutes uh, about their team. So we're, we're kind of jumping the gun, but we're doing that because we're, we're Miami Hurricanes, and we want to get to our conference first, ACC Pride. Um, so let's get into some of the, the key players. We talked a little bit about Dana Evans, and she's – looking to, to repeat on her performance from last year. Obviously, she's missing some players around her. Jasmine Jones, Kylie Shook were a big part of her success last year, and they took a lot of pressure off her. As we can see, both those players are making an impact for the New York Liberty. So it, it's going to be interesting to see how much more of a, of a burden she's going to have, um, it, on how much burden she's going to have getting into um, next season. But she's definitely going to be a key player in this conference. Elisa Kunain of NC State also figures to be a player like that. Um, she kind of reminds me of Emma Miesemann, and I'm not sure, I mean, you can say that she, it's just because she's a, a big white center that can move around and shoot, but that does kind of remind me of Emma Miesemann. Am I off there for uh, Elisa Kunain? Ooh, I mean, I, <laughs> that's a comparison. I mean, it's amazing. He's an MVP two years ago in the WNBA, but I mean, is she certainly a fantastic player that has the potential to get out there? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, listen, she is, I would be very surprised if she is not the, the preseason player of the year. Mm -hmm. uh, this was at her sophomore season last year, average 16 and 10, all ACC first team. Sure. There, there's a, a tremendous amount of um, mm -hmm. expectation on that woman, but also you. I, I just think it's it's hard for one player to carry teams, right, in college basketball. Like this is because even if she does put up the numbers and she's scoring great, who's who's built her around her as well? Mm -hmm. And so NC State, obviously they lose Ace Koenig, which which is tough. Yes. That's a big time player for them, but they also have Kayla Jones. They've got. Kai Crutchfield. They've got some nice players around her. I think Jakia Brown Turner, who's coming off a fantastic freshman year last year, is going to mm -hmm. step up. And so when when we said we we think that we're looking at a lot of red up top in the, in the conference this year, it's it's not just 
Kunain. It, it, there's definitely yeah. a handful of players that are going to help get her there. Who who else in um, the ACC do you kind of have your eye on as as a maybe not a breakout player, but just one of the, the players that's going to grab the attention across the country, assuming the season. I mean, this is all assuming the season is going to go more or less according to the plan and everyone's going to get their games in. Um, and the schedule will be released at some point. Um, but yeah. which, which <laughs> things, yeah. a lot of ifs there, but if everything goes somewhat according to plan, um, who else you got your eye on in the ACC? Well, I think everyone has their eye on mm-hmm. Tiana Monacahia. There you go. Uh, from Syracuse. Obviously, she's coming back from battling breast cancer. I mean, her story is incredible, but I don't want it that to, to I don't want to say take away, but I don't want us to to forget that she is an incredible basketball player. Yes. Now we know that she's also one of the toughest women probably that we see consistently on our phones and on our TVs. Mm-hmm. She's a fantastic basketball player. She was potentially going to be a top WNBA draft pick right now. So she's mm-hmm. covered, she's healthy, she's cleared to play again, which is amazing in itself, but she's already the all-time assist leader at Syracuse. Yeah. And uh Coach Q, he's always got something in his back pocket, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like this is this man has always got players ready to go. So I think Syracuse is going to be fun. Um, I had the opportunity to call them last year on their senior day, and uh, Kiki Lewis wasn't sure if she was going to come mm-hmm. back or, or try to, or leave to go play pro. She's coming back, so that's huge. It's an all all ACC first team player, averaged eighteen four five assists last year, but. They also bring back some wonderful size um, inside. They've also got these six foot guards and one of the top recruiting classes in the country. Yes. Highlighted by six foot seven Camilla Cardosa and six two six. guard Priscilla wait, wait. Williams. Six seven. Just, let's just say that again. Six seven. Yeah. Six yeah. seven. I love and, it. Yeah. And Priscilla Williams and another six two guard. And and so while it's always tough to pinpoint how freshmen are going to fit into the next level mm-hmm. uh the, these women are stepping into a program where they're probably going to be expected to contribute right away so i'm really excited to see um not just tiana but what she's able to do with the players around her yeah no and, and the, uh, another player that i'm sneak th- this is like an under the radar pick but dara mabry who is uh, oh, a part, yeah. right <laughs> yeah. there yeah there's uh she, she has a history here at uh, notre dame she's transferring from Virginia Tech to Notre Dame, and I think she's uh, eligible. Um, although I'm not, I'm not entirely sure how eligibility is working this year. Um, but she, if she's eligible, I'm gonna be really she excited. Is. I believe okay. she is. I believe she is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, if she's if she's eligible, I just want to see it because it's like I, I loved watching Marina at Notre Dame, and it's like oh okay, we got we got another one. Throw them in there. I love seeing I love seeing a sibling um, dynasty building well, yeah her, her sister's an assistant coach uh yeah. kayla may sister, sister. notre dame <laughs> yeah so there's definitely family ties also another family tie they've brought in maddie westbelt one of the top players coming out of the state of ohio the gatorade player okay. of the year in ohio a mcdonald's all-american her older sister cat played on that 2018 national championship team at notre dame so Neil Ivy has uh, she's going back yeah. to like the family roots. I love it. I do have to say one thing about Notre Dame has nothing to do with their women's basketball team. But my gosh, when those kids rushed the field over the weekend in the football game, I lost it. I absolutely yeah. lost it. I mean, I get it. Yes, you're excited, but my gosh, you put your entire athletic program in jeopardy. So I'm glad that your football team beat an unranked, beat number one in the country. But guess what? Now they might not play. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I got I, that out, but my, I was, I was upset. I mean, 
I'm uh, I, w- I was worried about that too. Um, you know, I was worried about people celebrating the election too. I mean, we got to remember that yeah. the, the reason we're saying everything is uncertain, the reason we're putting so many ifs and, and maybes, and if this thing happens in our sentences here is because of coronavirus. Like, this is not going to be a normal season by any stretch of the imagination. There's probably not going to be fans at any of these games. I haven't seen a team yet say if they're going to have any fans. I, I, I haven't, you know, obviously we don't have a schedule yet, so they can't even tell us when it could happen um but it's just going to be weird and we need people to remember like there is a global pandemic still currently happening so you cannot rush the field people or the court so i hope i hope uh the women's basketball programs are going to take it a little bit more seriously especially with their fans than college football has but but get back on the basketball team though I i think that notre dame has a huge upside going to the season. They were very injured last year. Okay. So mm-hmm. they have players back now. Destiny Walker, I believe she will lead this team. Um, yeah. Sam Brunel is supposed to be, I, I listened to a press conference and um, she was had a little bit of tendonitis over the summer, but they're saying she looks good. They've got people's back. They've got some really big time names that were not quite healthy last year. Mm-hmm. So I would expect them to compete. And, and, you know, I think when you play at Notre Dame, you, you automatically believe that you can compete oh, for yeah. championships. And, and I do believe that team, despite their record last year, uh, is going to be confident coming into this season. Yeah. And well, and this is the first year, man, when was, when did Muffet McGraw start in Notre Dame? I think she's been at Notre Dame my 33, entire. 33, I believe it was 33 yeah. seasons. It's almost so my her, whole life. <laughs> a 1987, 1987 was her first year at Notre Dame. So yeah, this is the the first season in my life that someone other than Muffet McGraw will be coaching the Notre Dame Fighting Irish, which is uh, that's impressive. That's impressive for Muffet, and uh, I I think Neil Ivy. She certainly seems up to the task, as we were talking about. Has great experience, has a good roster. If they can stay healthy, then they'll be cooking with gas into the season. Um, we're gonna take another break, and then we'll get into. Some kind of we'll call them down ballot. Keep an election theme going. Down ballot teams on the on, on the ACC to talk about what their potential is. Welcome back to the final segment here on Locked On Women's Basketball. We're going to give you some some dark horse candidates here in the ACC. We've mentioned we've mentioned kind of kind of the big girl teams, right? Louisville, NC State, Florida State, Duke, Notre Dame. Even though they're you know Notre Dame, Notre Dame was. Had a rough season last year, but they're going to get back to it. Syracuse, we've talked about them. Let's get let's get a little deeper into this very deep conference. Amy, what is your – who is your dark horse team in the ACC? Yeah, and, and I don't think that it, – it's weird that we're calling them the dark horse because no one else talks about them, but they had a tremendous year last year, and they mm-hmm. return a whole lot of talent, and that's Boston College. Oh, yeah. Uh, coach Joanna Burnaby-McNamee, Coach of the Year – going into her third season now they graduate so I will say this I I understand they graduated a really nice senior class last Mm -hmm. year Um, let me just say I had the opportunity to call this team twice towards the end of their season and um, this is the first some of the first group of of women I felt bad for when they when the tournament got canceled because this was a group of women who who were coming from a program that was struggling a bit and when when coach McMe came in she changed the way that they played started running a lot more that's not easy. It's not easy. It's not an easy off season. It's a lot of probably hurling on the field at six o'clock in the mm-hmm. morning, you know, but they bought in 
and they were going to make the NCAA tournament last year. And when I had the opportunity to spend some time with this program over a couple of weeks, um, you know, they were so, you know, we're not there yet, but it's going to mean a lot if we can finish it off and they finished off pretty strong. So man, my heart still goes out for a lot of, and there's a lot of them. There's a lot yep. of young athletes out there who had that, you know, taken away, but I think of them because they worked so hard for it. Um, and so Emma Guy was their big inside Taylor Ortlip, Georgia Pinot, great players. However, they still have a lot of nice players. Mm-hmm. I think one of the other potential, like I would be, if she's not on first team, uh, preseason first team, I'd be, she's very high on the second team is Taylor soul. She's yep. a fantastic guard forward combo. She is absolutely incredible. She was ACC second team last year, two time ACC player of the week. I mean, this, she's going to be led by them, but they have another really strong guard named Michaela Davis. Sorry, Michaela Dickens and Ronald Gerard. Uh, they've got one big who's really strong uh, in, in Akuna Conco, but they also brought in some really nice recruits as well. Uh, highlighted by Jojo Lacey out of Douglasville, Pennsylvania, five-star, six-one guard forward. So I guess a team mm. that had a lot of momentum, built a lot of momentum last year, is going to continue with their foot on the pedal going into this year. And they finished 11 and seven in conference, which was their most, um, mo- most ACC wins in, in school history. And right. uh, they're just kind of scratching the surface. And so I see that program, no one else is really talking about them in that top mix, but I, they are talking about themselves being in that mix because they have the confidence and they're showing that they're progressing upwards. Yeah, actually, um, so my, my dark horse team is obviously going to be Miami Hurricanes because we're, yeah. uh, we're not getting through this podcast without talking about Katie Myers. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm with you. And I think, you know, it, there's a lot of players here um, my, highlighted by Makia Gray, uh, Destiny Harden. Just it, it's a senior laden, not even senior laden. It's like a, just an older team. Um, and I think when you have that sort of experience, especially in this season, that's going to help you. These players understand the grind of a season this is going to be different than any of them have ever experienced but they understand they're 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 over the hurdle of having to figure out if you're a freshman or if you're a sophomore you know what we do on february 29th or if there's not february 29th a february 27th every you four know, years there is <laughs> there is uh i don't think there is one no this year was a leap year so next year is not a leap year but um on february 27th where you're kind of just waiting around. It's the dog days. You don't know it's ha- like they're gonna. They're over that hump. I think this this team can hopefully mesh together pretty well. They do have some transfers. I believe Katie Meyer can put it together to get this team over the hump into the tournament, where they probably were. N- they were not going to be in the tournament last year. So we want. We need Miami to get back to that space and then make a run in the tournament too. Um, I would add this with you. Like I a hundred percent agree. You, you mentioned Mikey gray, but Kelsey Marshall, mm-hmm. Taylor Mason, yes. India bank. So you've got four mm-hmm. kind of core guards returning that scored almost 60% of their offense last year, 80% of their assists. So that's their, their, their core offensive right. look that they do return from last year. But if we look at what happened last year, the, the preseason player of the year, Beatrice Mon, Mon yes. premier who had a great rookie year for the Connecticut sun, she got hurt and and knowing this program well obviously gave 
they weren't sure when she was going to come back, when she yes. wasn't going to come back. And it was kind of one of those injuries where you felt that the, the bigs inside who had to step up were freshmen last year and were probably going into some days or weeks thinking, I'm just here for, mm-hmm. you know, as like just trying to sustain or just, you know, trying not, you know, trying not to lose ball games instead right. of wins. I'm going to tell you, there are two bigs inside, Brianna Jackson and Sydney Roby. Yes had got this experience last year. They got thrown into the boiling hot water because they had to. And I loved both of them. Big bodies, not scared of contact, fundamentally sound. And now they have a lot of college basketball experience at a very young age. So when you mm-hmm. take that core guards and you insert bigs that are now playing with this mentality of not, I'm all, I'm, I'm playing because Beatrice is out. No, no, no. I'm playing because I have, like, this is my, now this is my paint. This is my key. We are the people. And, and I think their post coach, Octavia Blue, is absolutely incredible. Yeah. So when you call them your dark host, I'm right with you. I, I totally see them making a big push. And that's why when we talk about this conference, like, it's hard to really say where anything's going to finish because you see so much yeah. potential in so many programs. And we're not doing predictions because that's that that's asinine at this point because there's, there's no you. schedule. We're not going to do that. We're not, <laughs> I, I and I do and 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 I hold Amy accountable and, and having her get on the record and make predictions. We're not doing that on this show because <laughs> and we'll we'll do that. I we'll the do that Chicago like Sky to win the WNBA. <laughs> yes, you did, and that was wrong. That was our first show together, wasn't it? <laughs> It was. Oh, so long ago. So long ago. Um, but, you know, we're, I, I do. Oh, and, by, and one post coach I did, I forgot to mention, when you, this is one of the things I want to bring up when you're talking about Boston College, Yvonne Griffith. You, yep. Yeah. One of the greatest M, uh, WNBA centers ever. Yep. Um, she is coaching yep. down there in Boston College. I'm excited to see yep. how she's going to work with those post players uh, up in, where is Boston College technically? It's not technically in Boston. I always forget this. Conti uh, Forum. Chestnut Hill. Chestnut That's... Hill. Conti Forum. I mean, like yeah. I said, I was I was lucky to go call a game there last year. What a beautiful, uh, beautiful oh, campus. Oh, it's gorgeous. When you play, like you don't – when you're playing college basketball, you mm-hmm. see the hotels and you see the gyms and the inside of your bus. You know, like yep. if you're – if like me, I, I always could have, should have, would have probably like looked outside a bit more and <laughs> kind of just – but I met Boston College last year and I'm like, wow, this place is beautiful. It's gorgeous. What was it's I – where, where, what did they do? <laughs> My eyes were just open. <laughs> yes. The buildings that have been there for hundred for like a hundred years. Yeah. Um, so my last question here, I'm not gonna make you make a prediction, but it, when these coaches polls come out, we know the teams pay attention to this. I mean, I was doing, I was interviewing players at William and Mary last year. You can tell, tell you exactly where they were picked preseason and how much they overshot those predictions and how, who was picked on their, um, on the all CAA teams and who was left off that they thought. So these teams really pay attention to those lists. Am I wrong in saying that? No, I mean, of course okay. it's, it's, I, I know coaches it, probably try to say, Oh, don't, you know, don't pay attention to that, but yeah. it's out there. It is what it is. I think more or less they provide motivation. Exactly. Um, so my question was, do you want to be high up on that list or do you want to be low on that list? Like when, if you're a player, like, do you get more motivated by saying, okay, like, we have expectations on ourselves or are you more motivated to say we're going to prove, we're going to prove those jerks wrong. Every person's different and every player is okay. different. What right? about you? I mean, me personally, 
Uh, I, I'm always okay being the underdog. Like okay. I'm like I'm a six one and a half, six two, had to play center mm-hmm. in the ACC. Like, you know, I'm okay with being the underdog. Uh, I always say like I'm happy to be mid pack. I think it's a I think mid is always unless you're like top five in the country, like mid pack's always kind of a good place mm-hmm. to to be to be placed. I think you get a little bit of confidence like to compete, but then you also feel like you can win any game. But I think mm-hmm. you can also you also feel like you can lose any game. And then that's how you I think that's healthy. I don't think you want to ever go as a coach or player, go into anything, um, feeling like you're not gonna get touched or feeling like you can't win the ball game. But I don't yep. think they put too much weight into like like you said, they they don't put too much weight into they're there, they can turn around and say, Yeah, no one picked us or we were picked last nobody put disrespect. Yeah. Yeah, but those are all, when do those conversations come up? When you win a game. Okay, when you, you win, know? yes. So, like, I don't think there's too much weight into this stuff. Um, but, yeah, and, and I don't think that that coaches are and are always completely on it. Like, no, coaches no. don't necessarily want to be picked at the top. Yeah. I spoke a couple of years ago to an A-10 coach who was like, we got put one, but that was because the other coaches, like, didn't mm-hmm. want us. They wanted us to feel like we were one. It, it wasn't, you know, so it happens. I don't know. I, 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 I do want to see, I wonder if it's like there's just every team has a last place vote and it's from their own coach to give, to give their, their team yeah. a little bit more yeah. <laughs> uh, so we will get those the all ACC teams and the predicted finish uh, order finish tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. It's on Packer and Durham. I'll be tweeting about it. So if you want to follow me on Twitter at Gabe underscore Ibrahim, you can you can get all that news. You can follow the show at locked on uh, WBB. Amy, where can the people follow you on the social medias? At Amy Audibert. Uh, I'm okay. pretty much a retweeter. That's cool. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I retweet things that that's, I think are cool. Um, that's, mo- that's most of Twitter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I usually um, don't yell. I usually don't all caps and yell, but I like emojis. I'm starting I, to get into the gift game a bit because it's, oh, nice. there's some pretty good ones out there. We're getting there. We're, we're, we'll, we'll, you'll, you'll be yelling. You'll be yelling at people on Twitter. I, I've been yelling at a lot of people on Twitter um, about the funniest thing to ever happen, which is four seasons total landscaping. If you don't know what that is, please go Google that because it's the you funniest can't. thing. So let me just say my <laughs> gift for that is David after dentist. Is this real yes. life? This is it's, so I hear you because it's like everything that happens like that. I think of a gift. I just, you know, <laughs> I, it's uh, it's absolutely incredible. If you don't know what I'm talking about with total seasons, four seasons total landscaping. You need to go Google that immediately. And that's what we're going to leave you on today on Locked on <laughs> Women's Basketball. Great ACC preview. Really looking forward to the start of play, which is going to be on November. Tw- well, we don't actually have the schedule yet. I believe on November 25th is when Wake Forest takes the court first. May, it, it's all subject to change. Yeah, and but, Wake, Wake is one of the few teams that they're yes. scheduled to go play in a tournament, right? So Yes. Um, good for them. Good for them. Um, well, they've got Gina Conti, right? I'm really excited to see yeah. her go. Sorry, I can talk about it all all day. They got a really we'll nice card. <laughs> we'll be talking all year, and we're sorry to the teams that we did not mention, like Clemson, and we didn't Amanda really talk Butler. about. Butler. I mean, I can give you nuggets on everything. Let me just really quickly. Amanda Butler's. Okay. This is a story. This is a story in the conference. Okay. Alicia Washington played for Amanda Butler at Florida, SEC Freshman of the Year. Played three years at Florida transferred to Clemson, redshirted last year, and now she gets to play with her coach again. 
All right. Who, I'm sorry. Got it. There's so many cool like things happening in this conference this year and things to be looking out for. All right, I'm done. G- give me one nugget on either on any of these teams: Georgia Tech, North Carolina, Pitt. We didn't talk about Virginia. Tina Thompson's a coach there. Um, okay, let's stop there. Listen, okay. they've got six new faces, five freshmen, all of them listed over six foot. Tina Thompson has an, an entire plate of six footers. Like, come on. I'm so excited. Who I loved Tina Thompson as a player. Yeah. So uh, I get really and, excited. And she's forming that team in the shape <laughs> yes. of her. She has I 12 Tina Thompsons. <laughs> Just I love kidding. it. I love it. Uh, right. So we will be talking, we'll be talking about the ACC all year long here on Lockdown Women's Basketball. So make sure you subscribe and we will see you guys soon.